If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Dot com. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show for those that want to watch the program live or on demand. It's good to be here. Thank you for, for joining us. And we've got... A lot of stuff to get to. A lot of stuff to get to today. We have Trump nominating Amy Coney Barrett over the weekend. We have Trump and Biden debating tomorrow night. And we have Biden. You know, I want to start with this. Joe Biden, folks. You know, it's it's interesting to me to listen to people talk about the upcoming debate and campaign as we're now we are now just what five weeks away from election day. And yes, we'll talk a little bit uh, a little about Project Veritas, ballot harvesting, voter fraud, all that's going on in Minnesota that Project Veritas has uncovered. In spite of the media's insistence, the Democrat Party's insistence that voter fraud is basically – it's never happened in the history of voting. There's never been one single case – this is what they want you to believe – of voter fraud, of something illegal, of something uh, that, that gives vote by mail a, a, a bit of a black eye. None of that has ever once happened. Nothing. Nothing at all. This is what they want you to believe. But we will talk about that. But Joe Biden was on with – who was it? He was on here with is Stephanie Rule of MSNBC. This is September 26th. So I think this happened Saturday. I suppose it's going to happen Friday night, and I'm just uh, – it was posted on Saturday. But I think it happened sometime Saturday, Saturday morning. Joe Biden being interviewed – and we're, of course, supposed to believe that the left is is licking their chops here over the opportunity for Joe Biden to be able to stand up before Donald Trump tomorrow night in Cleveland on Fox News and just challenge him and correct Trump and, you know, just obliterate him in this upcoming debate. Meanwhile, this guy cannot, 
cannot keep his, I mean, basic information straight. If you haven't heard this, I want you to hear this. Biden is talking about his time in the Senate, and I want to share a personal <laughs> story about this. My youngest daughter, our second child, she heard me playing this um, this soundbite over the weekend. I was, I think I was, uh, it, it made me laugh when I heard it. And then she overheard what he said, and I'll fill you in on what she she asked after she <laughs> heard this soundbite. But this is Biden with Stephanie Rule, MSNBC, talking about his time in the Senate. This is what he says. That's why I made it a priority in my entire career to work closely with you. From the time I got to the Senate 180 years ago, <laughs> you know, as well as my tenure as vice president. Yeah, so Biden tells Stephanie Rule the time he got to the Senate 180 years ago. 180 years ago, my daughter overheard this on the weekend as we were, I don't know, we were just hanging out. I don't know if we were getting ready for something. And she heard the that clip, and she looked at me dead serious. She's nine years old, by the way, an absolute hoot. And she said to me, Dad, how old is he? <laughs> I later asked her, I said, why did you ask me how old he was? And she said, well, he said he'd been in the Senate for 180 years. How old is this guy? Basically, Dad, I didn't think you could live to be 180. I've never heard this age before. I didn't know that someone that old would, A, be alive, let alone running for president of the United States. So this is the kind of stuff that, Look, I don't want to say to expect this, anticipate this, but um, it's a very, very common thing, especially he's got 90 minutes, folks, 90 minutes. Now, will he have, um, you know, the the old uh, conversation and the allegations the of, of Hillary and the earpiece and all this sort of thing coming back and they can they do something to keep in Joe's ear to keep him on track and all these sorts of things who knows who knows but that was that isn't where Joe stopped no 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 that's not where Joe stopped at all in fact he actually compares Trump to Joseph Goebbels the Nazi uh, propagandist back during the Hitler uh, regime the Hitler reign back in Nazi Germany. This is what, during the same interview, this is the same interview that Biden, now you can say he, he does make the comparison, but he's not saying Trump is uh, Goebbels. What he is saying is that Trump has the same philosophy as Joseph Goebbels and that he will lie and lie and lie and lie and lie enough so that people um, eventually hear the lie enough to believe that it is, in fact, the truth. And that's, of course, what the propagandists believe, which, by the way, sounds an awful lot to me, an awful lot to me, like what we hear happening um, in a lot of the messaging we hear today. The way that, you know, the, the things that we hear on a regular basis, the things that we focus on, the things that the media makes sure we stay on, and that's, of course, not saying the media is Nazis, but it is saying that they have the same mentality that they want to focus on things, create a public a public opinion based upon how they how they discuss it. How on earth? I actually had some someone play a, uh, a, a 
share a video clip with me the other day, and I, I heard the person in the clip actually make the claim that the reason President Trump doesn't like TikTok is because it's the only social media that he doesn't have control of. And I thought, what universe does one have to live in to believe that the president controls Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., but not TikTok? Of course, he doesn't. That's another it's a situation altogether different with uh, their connections to the Chinese Communist Party and so forth. But anyway, some people actually believe this sort of stuff, believe that the only thing keeping us from Trump having complete and utter control over the media is TikTok, I guess. It's just insane thinking. The idea that President Trump and that the media is not actively looking for stuff constantly to dig up. We got this story about his taxes, which is supposed to rattle and shake the world of the president here with the allegations made um, as to what his tax returns supposedly show which, by the way, they don't show any collusion with Russia or whatever else they told us that they were going to find, but they showed apparently what they're telling us, that the president didn't pay very much in taxes in recent years, something like 750 bucks. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But those are the allegations against the president. Um, I don't know that it said that he deceptively filed taxes or that he filed an incorrect return, they were just upset that his return, according to their reporting, only showed that he paid $750. Who can, look, if he violated tax law and filed a, you know, a, a, a return that was factually incorrect or deceptive or illegal, he's lying about stuff, that's one thing. But that's, those aren't the allegations I see. In fact, the allegations are just simply he didn't pay enough. Well, if you follow the law, I mean, unless you broke the law, whatever you pay isn't the person's fault for what, – what universe do these people live in? Do they think that people say, how can I pay the most in taxes? The reason people hire accountants is because of this very reason. They want to limit their tax liability. Anyway, but this whole notion, this whole notion that President Trump – is the one that's being able to get away with telling lies and <laughs> enough. Here, here's the clip, Joseph, uh, Joe Biden comparing Trump to Goebbels. Well, um, I'm not sure anybody hadn't already made up their mind there for Trump, please, but who knows? But, but that's, you know, he's sort of like Goebbels. You say the lie long enough, keep repeating, repeating, repeating it. It becomes common knowledge. He's almost, he almost got that right. He almost got that right. It's not just that it's common knowledge. It's that it's truth. I don't know. Democrats sometimes have trouble is, uh, uttering the word truth. The radical wing of the Democrat Party and truth do not dare um, sit at the same table or even in the same room, same zip code. One would argue even the same universe. But it's not just common knowledge. It's it's truth. You hear a lie repeated long enough, often enough, frequently enough. With a certain vim and vigor, and eventually it is said that that lie is believed to be the truth, not just common knowledge, but the actual truth. And that's what Biden is accusing Trump of. So, but actually, the idea that Trump has the ability to do this to me is a little bit, is a little bit uh, with, the, with the media against Trump, it's a little bit 
wishful thinking. But nonetheless, this is what Biden says. He also calls he also calls Stephanie Rule John at one point, which I won't play that. But the last thing is he listen to this exchange again. He's trying to, you know, malign Trump. For all we know, he's looking at a teleprompter to answer his questions, even though they fact-checked this and they said Biden is not using a teleprompter. No, no, no. Not using a teleprompter to, to uh, answer his questions and so forth. You can make your own determination on that. But here he is getting effectively stuck, stuck in, I mean, a rut. He can't – it's actually embarrassing. It, it's – so television, I know it's on MSNBC and not many people are probably watching, but it's still a, a, a televised interview with a uh, a popular source of so-called media. But listen to this. And the, the host, Stephanie Rule, has to give him the, the answer for what he's looking for here. What happens if this occurs tomorrow night during the debates? Again, that's really why I want to run through this with you. We're told that Biden is licking his chops, looking for the opportunity to expose Trump for who he is and his, you know, his his inabilities to be president and all sorts of lies and deception. This guy can't keep anything straight, says he's been in the Senate 180 years and calls the host John when she's clearly a woman. I know that we're not supposed to notice those things in 2020, but you could at least think he would come up with a name like Susie or Julie or something. Anyway, this is Biden getting stuck during his one of his attacks on Trump, and the host has to bail him out. It's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Here it is. For example, the Paycheck Protection Act. You know, 1% of the money's gone out. 1%. 1% of the uh, – no, no, that's not the paycheck, the the, the – um, uh, the uh, the bill for small for major for Main small businesses. Lending. There you Main go. One percent's gone out. There you go. I'll help you, Joe. I can't watch this in in any more agony. I can't watch this anymore. I got to bail you out here. It's it's mainstream lending. Quits. I mean, he's got his eyes closed. He's rubbing his. He's got his hand up by his brow. He's trying trying to remember this again. I take no pleasure in this. You've heard me say this before. I take no pleasure um, in in thinking about really what's going on here with Joe Biden. I really don't. Not at all. I know some folks, if this was happening to, to Trump, folks would be cheering this on wildly. They would love this uh, this to be the case with, with President Trump. Remember when Trump's brother died a month or so ago? When Trump's brother died, they said it was the wrong Trump. They cheered. They cheered or they actually wished Fingers crossed the one who died was President Trump and not his brother. The wrong Trump died. And that's absolutely 100% true and accurate, but there's no consequences for that. Nobody cares if you're cheering for the death of the president. But that is, of course, that is, of course, what they do. That That is, of course, who some of these folks, who they are. But I don't take any pleasure in this, I'm just simply saying the notion, the idea that the Biden campaign is licking their chops and rubbing their hands together in eager anticipation of tomorrow night's debate, just based on this interview alone, which we've played a couple of clips from, there's no way in, in this world that that's reality. None. 
And if it is, if it is their reality, they've not been paying attention and they're about to get smacked up the side of the head, metaphorically speaking, of course, metaphorically speaking, whenever they look at tomorrow night's debate and what's about to transpire. So that being said, I've got a a quick break. You're listening here to the home of conservative. Got much, much more to get to. Much, much more to get to. And we'll do that after this break. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, so there's something else I want to talk about here this morning. And yes, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the ballot harvesting here after after this segment. But there's something else I want to get to that we uh, that, that I saw over the weekend as well. Tamika Mallory, she is um, now Women's March co-founder. She is in a, what, I guess a press conference that was being held by Benjamin Crump, the attorney or one of the attorneys representing the Brianna Taylor family. This was Friday at a press conference. She went after and attacked Daniel Cameron. Daniel Cameron is the attorney general in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and he is the one um, who, of course, was uh, leading the what the, the the grand jury and and that whole investigation regarding Brianna Taylor since the local um, the local prosecutor filed some conflict of interest and so the attorney general who is uh, black a black man. He, of course, uh, made an announcement last week that people are upset about because there were no uh, – there was one charge that the grand jury it has recommended, but nothing else. No no murder charges or anything like that, and we went through this. We went through some of this. There's even more, um, more that is, has come out since that particular – well, since we since we heard that announcement back last week, but so Daniel Cameron makes this announcement and so forth, and if, there is of course a lot of reaction and response. Some that includes violence, some that includes rioting, some that includes just protests, some that includes people taking to podiums. And microphones and saying things that are uh, just downright inexcusable. And I can only imagine if this sort of thing was uttered by a conservative black woman, black man, etc. This is really incredible. And I, I, I would like to say to black voters out there, who is constantly questioning your blackness. Who is it? We've got Biden, remember this? He told he told Charlemagne the God, whatever that's supposed to mean. He told Charlemagne the God that you are uh, you aren't black. You ain't black is what he said. You ain't black if you vote for Trump 
over Biden. Now we've got Tamika Mallory. Now one could say, well, no, I don't want to say that. I, don't, I was going to say one could at least say she was black, but again, acting as though a race of people is some monolithic group, which Biden also said, by, by the way. Remember that when he was being interviewed by, well, for, for some, uh, I don't know if it was on Telemundo or some Hispanic uh, outlet, some Hispanic um, channel or what have you, he said Hispanics aren't like aren't like blacks. Blacks uh, are not a very diverse group. I'm paraphrasing. In fact, I think I think what he said was Hispanics are a very diverse group, unlike the black community. I might be it's something like that. Basically, basically, you know, people who are uh, Hispanic, they are different. People who are black, I guess, in Biden's mind, are all the same. And Biden has apparently the black test that he can reference. He can say, nope, if you do this, you're not black enough. If you vote for Trump and not Biden in 2020, you ain't black, is what he said. Not even black enough. You ain't even black, according to Biden, as he would say it. Now we've got Tamika Mallory out there. Tamika Mallory saying some really reprehensible things about Daniel Cameron in the wake of the Breonna Taylor grand jury findings. Here is what she has to say. He mentioned at the press conference, which I thought was quite interesting, that he's a black man. And as I laid and cried and hurt for Tamika Palmer and for Breonna Taylor and for Kenny Walker and for Janaya, who we need to love up on, as I laid there and I thought about him saying he's a black man, I thought about the ships that went into Fort Monroe and Jamestown with our people on them over 400 years ago. And how there were also black men on those ships that were responsible for bringing our people over here. Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes that sold our people into slavery. She said it and helped white men to capture our people, to abuse them and to traffic them while our women were raped, while our men were raped by savages. That is who you are, Daniel Cameron. You are a coward, you are a sellout, and you were used by the system to harm your own mama, your own black mama. We have no respect for you, no respect for your black skin, because all of our skin folk ain't our kin folk, and you do not belong to black people at all. Wow, okay. I mean, there you have it. She is apparently the, her and Biden, I don't know if Biden and her had a conference about this. Did Biden, is Biden going to now say that Daniel Cameron ain't black. I guess he's already said that because one can presume that Dan, uh, Daniel Cameron is going to vote for President Trump and not for Joe Biden. Now we've got Tamika Mallory. What'd she call him? She called him a sellout. She called him, her words, not mine, sellout Negro is what she said. 
She said, Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes who sold our people into slavery. Think about that. That is that is her conclusion. That is her conclusion after watching. I'm watching it actually ironically in the background now, Daniel Cameron. And um, his speech about the Breonna Taylor case on, um, I guess it was last Wednesday is what it looks like here. So now he's and apparently the same as people who were black who were involved in the slave trade 400 years ago. That's what the that's what the current attorney general, um, in in the mind of Tamika Mallory, that's what he's like. Today, September of 2020, he's like the as she put it again, her words not mine. The sellout Negroes who sold our people into slavery 400 years ago. That's who she said. Daniel Cameron is you you could disagree with i i just the, the the leaps here the 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 comparisons here to say that he's like it's it's just remarkable to me when you look at the facts of the case and again one can look at the facts of the case and see that it had an absolutely tragic outcome but yet saying something has a tragic outcome does not mean that it's necessarily murder could have been but the evidence uh, does not suggest that. The evidence doesn't does not suggest that. Tragic, yes. Terribly sad, yes. And I know, I know that there's there's more um, that you know. We're just. I think a lot of folks are still learning from leaked reports and so forth as to you know Brianna Taylor's potential involvement in the selling of drugs in the past and so forth. There's there's a lot lots of stuff. None of that says that she should be she should be shot, but it's of course different than the narrative that we had at the beginning, which said that you know police came to the wrong house. She was just in bed. They walked in and shot her as she was sleeping. That of course is not what happened. She may have been sleeping when the initial knock happened, but they were awakened and her boyfriend admitted to firing a shot that's that's what is i mean there's no dispute about that then the question becomes if you are shot at as a law enforcement officer one of them was struck in the leg i believe striking his femoral artery what then are you supposed to do i'd like to hear that's what i want to hear these folks say who, who say irresponsible things like that if you're a police officer and get shot in the leg, striking your femoral artery, which you can bleed to death quickly from that. What are they supposed to do? Should they have turned around and run out of that the, the apartment? Should they put their hands up, drop their weapons? What should they have done? What should they have done? What should have happened there? Anyway, again, I asked black voters out there, who are the ones that are constantly questioning whether or not you're truly black? Who are the ones that are questioning you politically and saying saying you're not black enough or you're in the words of Tamika Mallory you are a sellout negro so what she said her words not mine gotta take a break come back and shift gears here when we get back you're listening to the home of conservative not bitter talk I'm your host Todd Huff back in just a minute
Welcome back. So for those of you that are listening on Freedom 95, my apologies. There was a technical issue happening here this morning to where we were not able to connect with the, the station that has since been addressed and we should be up and running. By the way, by the way, I can only imagine, I can only imagine how that feels to tune in expecting to hear this program, the panic, <laughs> the panic that must ensue, the feeling of just what the world, the loss. Folks, we're also streaming on YouTube. We're on Twitter slash Periscope. We're on Facebook. Um, you can also listen on our website live, com slash listen. So if that is, the, it, it has happened a couple of times over the, it's almost four years now that we've been on couple of times that that has happened but we are i do apologize for that all joking aside i do apologize that we um not always sure what causes that but thank you to jeremy for getting that fixed at the station and now we are up and running there as well so i want to talk about ballot harvesting project veritas has uncovered ballot harvesting fraud in the state of Minnesota. Now, I was just telling Oz here before the break, they were showing, of course, there's talk about uh, the Trump-Biden debate, which we talked a little bit about and a tiny bit about here at the beginning of the program. But in, in preparing for that debate, they're going back into the archives and comparing, you know, looking at debates in the past from 2012 with Romney and Obama back to 1984 with Reagan and Mondale. And Looking at, at – I told Oz, I said, have you looked at an electoral map from 1984? Because Reagan won every state but Minnesota. That was 1984, folks, 1984. And the state that – the state that uh, Mondale won in 84, Minnesota, um, is the state that we're talking about here. By the way, Minnesota – Minnesota is a swing state. In 2020, it may may seem impossible, especially when I just told you that in 1984, it was the only state to vote against President Reagan, vote for Walter Mondale. Um, that seems a little bit crazy to think that Minnesota now is in play. Minnesota was closer in 2016 than many of these so-called experts predicted. By the way, I'll tell you, if you follow polling... If you follow polling, I have just started looking at polls. I, I think everything until now irrelevant. It's used as a tool to encourage people on the left, to discourage people on the right. I mean, there's oversampling. They they use polls to create news, all that kind of stuff. But now we're five weeks out. Now we're in the home stretch here. Now these polls are going to begin to adjust. And if you've noticed, some of them have been tightening. In fact, I've seen one national poll recently that had Trump in the lead. Um, and then when you look at the polls in swing states, you'll find that there are a lot of problems uh, for Democrats. I mean, this, this is going to be this is going to be close in some of these swing states. Now, if one of these two candidates, Trump or Biden, wins, um, you know, every one of these swing states breaks for him, then on the electoral college count, it's going to look pretty substantial. In fact, 538, Nate Silver's group, has projected that Biden is going to win 352 electoral votes. I think that's what I saw the other day, 352. You only need 270 to win. So that gives him, what, 82 
electoral votes of Cushion. So, 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 that is what he, Nate Silver, and his group have to say about that. But you look at what's happening. You look at what I was going to tell you, Trafalgar Group. I've, I've looked in a little bit to the Trafalgar Group. They're Republican, you know, connected to Republican uh, politics, but they are actually pretty darn accurate. And if you look at where they say the election is, Michigan, they have Trump up. Florida, they have Trump up by like four points. Um, Minnesota is within a half a point or some such thing. And if you look at their their polls, Pennsylvania is the one that looks like it's going to come down to, you know, you, you look at something like ballot harvesting or voter fraud. It absolutely, without any question whatsoever, for those who deny this unequivocally, that there's no such thing as voter fraud, especially with mail-in ballots. I guess crooks look at that and they think, you know, hey, we won't, you know, just just like they want you to think illegal aliens who enter this country, they'll cross our border illegally, but they would never in a million years think about crossing the threshold of a voting booth illegally. Nope, that's where they draw the literal and figurative line is right there at the threshold of the voting booth. Of course there's voter fraud in mail-in ballots. Why would there not be? To to suggest something is to is to not have not exist in the real, in the realm of reality. It is to suggest that no voter fraud exists because a ballot is mailed in is is patently idiotic. Now, how widespread is it? How wide scale can we stop it? Are there safeguards in place to prevent it from happening? That's another story. But to suggest that it doesn't happen is absolutely idiotic. And I wish the left would look at more things in life this way because maybe they wouldn't come up with so many rules and regulations just to open a restaurant, for example. Anyway, going to talk about this ballot harvesting project fair toss on the other side of the break, but we got to take one of those now. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So let's talk a little bit about this James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, uh, undercover, what do I want to say, sting operation or whatever you – expose, whatever they they call these. So James O'Keefe, they've exposed a lot of things happening, he and Project Veritas, and now they have uncovered or they have exposed ballot harvesting fraud in the state of Minnesota. So ballot harvesting, what is that? Well, ballot harvesting is when people people uh, let, let's say you cast your ballot or you, you you know you fill out your ballot, you take it to a location. A ballot harvester who has clear connections to potential. I mean, this is not uncommon that, that they have a political agenda, the organization with which they are involved with. In fact, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, you could say that the post office, postal workers have political um, interests. They, their postal union has endorsed Biden for president. But nonetheless, ballot harvesters say, hey, bring it to the local community center, your ballot, or bring it to whatever. We'll pick it up at the nursing home. We'll pick it up at your church. We'll take in. We'll take your ballots in. Take them in and actually just um, – 
you know, turn those in and poof, your problem, you pro- your problem is solved. Um, but what happens, what prevents someone who collects these ballots from trying to change the votes or throwing the ones out that he or she doesn't like? In fact, that's what the sting operation undercovered or uncovered, I should say. New York Post reporting here, a ballot harvesting racket and Democratic representative Elon Omar's Minneapolis district. Remember the city that burns to the ground, the city that is has defunded and dismantled the police, and now they're wondering why there's more violence in their city. Uh, we're paid workers. Illegally gather absentee ballots from elderly Somali immigrants appears to have been busted by undercover news organization Project Veritas. One alleged ballot harvester, Liban Mohammed, the brother of Minneapolis City Council member Jamal Osman, so shocking, is shown in a bombshell Snapchat video rifling through piles of ballots strewn across his da- a dashboard. Just today, we got 300 for Jamal Osman says Mohammed in the video. I have 300 ballots in my car right now. Numbers don't lie. You can see my car is full. All these here are absentee ballots. Look, all these are for Jamal Osman, he says, displaying the white envelopes. Money is the king of the world, and a campaign is driven by money. Under Minnesota law, no individual can be the designated agent for more than three absentee voters. So some states allow it. Some states don't, as Minnesota does not here. You can only take in three ballots at a time. He's got 300 proclaiming that they're all for Mr. Osman. And poof, there you go. That is an illegal activity in the state of Minnesota. It's on video. But you know what? People just don't, you know, there's nothing to see here as far as the media is concerned. Nothing to see here. How how does he know? By the way, how does he know there's 300 votes for Osman there? Did he look? Did he? I mean, can he? This is one of the the, the questions about mail-in ballots. One of the reasons why some states are now saying you have to send your ballot in a security envelope so that people can't see who it's, your vote is for, so that if they don't like your vote, they don't throw it out. Again, this is going to be a real problem come election night and the days to follow. Got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. If you watch that video, Project Veritas video, you'll actually see that one of the folks on camera says that if you look closely at the ballots, if you look close, and I don't know if this is if this is noticeable from the actual camera, you know, from the video itself, but he says if you look at the ballots, you'll see that they're blank. So these ballot harvesters are actually apparently, at least according to one of the individuals on tape. They're collecting blank ballots and filling them out however they wish. So to act like this isn't a problem is living with head in the sand. Folks, I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.